0: Welcome back to Lethal. Let's talk about death row inmates. This week I'll be covering a Texas death row inmate. This week, I'll be covering a Texas death row inmate. I'm covering Robert Moreno Ramos, He was convicted for murdering his wife and two kids. Before we jump into the case, let's go over some facts about Texas death row. There are a total of 198 Texas death row inmates. There are six women serving and 192 males serving on Texas death row, according to tdcj.texas.gov. Texas death row inmates were held at the Huntsville unit then moved to the Ellis unit in 1965. In 1999, the male Texas death row inmates were then moved to the Polanski unit in Livingston, Texas, where they are currently housed. Death row inmates are held in a single person cell and each cell has a window. Inmates have access to reading, writing, and legal materials. Some some inmates are able to have a radio. The women on Texas death row are held at the Mountain View unit in Gatesville, Texas. Inmates are transported to the Huntsville location days leading up to their execution. Texas death row inmates do not have regular TDCJ numbers. They have a special death row number that starts with 999. There are currently five scheduled executions for 2021. Texas executions are performed by lethal injection. It is a single drug protocol of pentobarbital. According to tcadp.org in Texas, the cost of an average death penalty case is nearly three times higher than imprisoning someone for life without the possibility of parole. In a past episode, I break down the cost. So next episode, I'll go in full detail about the cost just in case you missed it. So once again, I have a glass of wine and I'm ready to jump into the case. This week, I'll be covering inmate 999-062, Robert Moreno Ramos. He was executed on November 14, 2018. Robert was born in Aguas Galientes, Mexico. He grew up in Guadalajara and Tijuana, Mexico, before his family moved to the States in 1970. Robert claimed he had an abusive father that would beat him. Robert ended up marrying a woman named Leticia and they had two children together, Abigail and Jonathan. There wasn't too much information about his background so we're getting right into the case. So this case begins in November 1991. Robert started to have an affair with a woman named Marisa Robledo. The two agreed to marry one another in January 1992. At this time, Robert was still married and was living with his family. His house consisted of him, his wife Leticia, who was 42 years old, and their two children, Abigail, who was 7 years old, and Jonathan, who was 3 years old. He told his girlfriend, Marisa, that he was letting a widow and her two kids live with him for the time being. On February 7, 1992, a neighbor heard screaming and yelling coming from the Ramos family home. Family friends visited the residence on numerous occasions, and during these visits, Robert told them that the family was planning on moving to California to handle the affairs of his mother's recent passing. He also told friends that the family was unable to say goodbye because they were too busy and in a hurry. On February 10, 1992, Robert married Marisa. About a month later, he told one of his family members that his family died in a car accident. He followed up by saying the bodies were cremated. Police did look into this and there were no records of the family having funeral services. This news traveled fast and Leticia's sister knew something was very wrong. She alerted police of the disappearance of Leticia and her two kids. On March 30th, 1992, police questioned Robert about the whereabouts of his family. He couldn't get his story straight. He told police his family was traveling to Austin. He also told them they were going to San Antonio. And then he stated his family committed welfare fraud and moved to Mexico. However, the family was not being investigated for such a crime. Robert voluntarily accompanied investigators to the police station where he was arrested for traffic warrants. On April 6, 1992, investigators searched Robert's home and they found a large amount of blood evidence throughout the house. They also noticed the bathroom was newly tiled. The family's belongings were stored in the attic. All their clothes and toys were stashed away. The next day Robert told police okay listen here I didn't do anything I came home one day and found my entire family dead. He then proceeded to tell investigators that he dug a hole in the bathroom floor and buried them. Then Robert decided to change the story once again. He told police he found his children dead and his wife was still hanging on to life but suffered from a self inflicted wound. Robert admitted to delivering the fatal blow to his wife's head with a hammer. Police obtained a warrant for the family's home and exhumed the bodies. They were found buried under the bathroom floor that was newly tiled. All the victims' cause of death were from blunt head injuries, which police suspected was caused by a hammer. A sledgehammer was confiscated from the house. Robert's defense lawyers argued that the family was murdered by unknown drug dealers, according to Cron.com. A forensic pathologist stated that the victims were likely buried within a 12-24 to hour timeline and Robert's wife's injuries were not self-inflicted. Robert was convicted and sentenced to death in 1993. He was executed on November 14, 2018. He was 64 years old. He was pronounced dead 11 minutes after the injection was administered. His time of death was 9.36 p.m. No family members or friends went to Robert's execution, and the victim's family did not attend either. Robert's last statement was, I quote, I am very thankful for all the hard work the Mexican consulate put in a fight over my death sentence, if there was a reason or not. I am thankful for the humane treatment that I was given here at the two prisons that I was at. I'm getting my gold watch that it took the governor 30 years to forge. Thank you, God. Lord, send me a chariot. I'm ready. End quote. Robert's attorney demanded to halt the execution. He argued that Robert's constitutional rights were violated. He argued that the trial lawyers did not present evidence of Robert's mental illness and abusive childhood to the jury. He argued that Robert suffered from bipolar disorder, and at the time of the murders, he suffered from brain damage that affected his ability to control his emotions. Another issue that came up was that he was a Mexican citizen. The Mexican government, according to the Texas Tribune, filed a case against the United States in 2003. It stated that Mexican immigrants sentenced to death in the United States did not receive sponsored representation under the treaty. In 2004, it was determined that the U.S. government had violated the treaty. However, at the time, George W. Bush, the President, stated that it would be up to the state's court to review and reconsider details of the case. The Texas Court of Criminal Appeals dismissed his appeal, and the Supreme Court denied a review of the decisions. The United Nations called for a halt to the execution because of treaty violations. However, the plea was denied. So, what do you think? Was justice served, or did the U.S. have an obligation to halt the execution? Let me know what you think. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to subscribe and please rate and review on Apple Podcast. Go follow my Insta at lethal underscore podcast and feel free to shoot me an email at lethal.tcpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for a new case and a new inmate. I'll be covering a new death or inmate in a new state. I'll see you then. All the information used in my podcast came from the following sources cron.com article by Carrie Blackinger, law.justia.com, Murderpedia, tcadp.org, tdcj.texas.gov, texastribune.org, a Texas Tribune article by Hannah Wiley, a USA Today article by Juan Lozano and Michael Grizisk. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see y'all next week.